0: all right well um i know a a good few more of you came in since i was last up here so i want to welcome everyone again and um this is our fourth uh teen challenge um so we're excited to have you here who can i ask you and again this maybe not super many of you uh who's here for the very first time um, oh, okay. So a good number of you. So you all just turned 14. That's awesome. Or 13, so you can make it. I'm just joking. But we're happy to have you here. Super happy to have you here and uh, to join with us. For us, if, if you are here for the first time um, and you wonder, well, what is this place? Um, it's a training school um, that's devoted to generally young people coming to know the Lord more and more and learning to walk with the Lord. Uh, You'll learn, there's mixed in amongst you the students that are here for this year and uh, hopefully they'll reach out to you and talk to you and chat with you and um, it's just a place that I found. I was in Europe and I heard about this school and decided to come here Um, and I thank the Lord for that opportunity for the two years of training I got just to be set apart in a way, get to know the Lord and then to learn to walk with the Lord in a deeper way and serve Him. So we're excited that you're here. Um, last year, if you were here, you'll remember that we spoke about the Word of God, and we focused on that this year. We're going to be focusing on on prayer. And uh, that's a big topic. Um, so hold on tight. We're not going to try to cover everything and, and discover every mystery of prayer, but we are going to focus in on prayer. And hopefully by the time you leave, by about 3 o'clock this afternoon, um, you'll have a desire and a want to pray and to keep on praying. That's our heart. That's our goal, as it were, uh, over the next few hours. mentioned this uh, to some of you that were here already, but I'll mention it again. Again, a, we have the Word of God here. We have some Bibles, some ESV Bibles. You need to have, you know, I'm getting kind of old now, so you need to have X-ray eyes to be able to read these, but you can still read them, and you're welcome to take one. If you don't have your own Bible. If you're just used to using your phone, I really, really encourage you to actually get a, a hard copy Bible, um, just because it's great to be able to separate it from everything else in your life. This is a sword, I, the way I see it, this is the sword of the Spirit, um, and uh, it needs to be different from everything and everything else in your life. And uh, so we have some over there, if you want to grab one uh, this morning for this first session, second session, you're welcome to do that, but we are going to ask you again If you have a phone, just turn it off. Um, Put it under your chair, put it in your pocket. Don't use your phone. Uh, It's too easily, we're distracted, and we end up looking at other things. And and then perhaps the Lord really wants to speak to you today. And that's going to keep away you from hearing what the Lord wants to say. Secondly, I just want to mention, we have some reading plans. Last year, we really pushed this to read through the Bible in a year. That's a big task, but you can use these. There's three different ones over there. This table over here is a free table. You can take something on that table. Everything there is so a free, some good little booklets and so on. You're welcome to take stuff from there. But these reading plans, even though they're one years, so you can change it into two year or three year. But try to read through the Word of God. That's what the Spirit of God is going to use in your life. And I uh, just want to highly recommend you doing that. Okay. Let's pray and uh we'll get going together. Father, once again we commit ourselves to you. We thank you for your word and we thank you that Lord you do want to teach us to pray. We we read in your word the, the um disciples ask you that very question. Lord, teach us to pray. And Father, this morning we want to come. Lord, none of us have mastered this or fully comprehend, yet we come again. We want to bow before you and ask you to teach us oh Lord. Thank you for your word. And again, I thank you for each young person here today. And we ask, Lord, that you would work in their hearts. We come and pray that you would be glorified and lifted up in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, so once again, I just want to welcome you. Happy to have you. There's still another group. They got the time wrong. They'll get here about 10 o'clock coming up from Charleston. Um, you know, when you grow up at the beach, you always get distracted and get things kind of wrong. I can say that because I grew up in South Africa, in Durban, right at the beach, and I, I still miss the beach. So, um, but you know, beach life kind of... Anyway, they'll be here uh, in a little while and uh, we'll be happy to have them as well. Um, as mentioned This morning we'll have three sessions. I'll do the first session. Mr. Nuremberg will do the second session. And then Mr. Guru will do a third session. And then we'll have lunch, um, up in the dining room, follow the crowd. But in between, there's a 30 minute break and you can go outside. Please go outside and walk around. It's a beautiful day. There's some, there'll be, uh, water available over there and cookies. And it's all free. Not that we, uh, you know, went to great expense, but it's free, um, for you. And so just, Go outside, think about what you've heard, perhaps just take your your Bible with you, find somewhere to sit, pray with someone, but just try to get out and, uh, and then we'll have that 30 minute break, come back and hear more of the Word of God through the day. In the afternoon, after lunch, we'll have some small groups and then we'll all come back here for a closing meeting. So we're excited about what the Lord has for us today. As mentioned, our goal here this morning is to look at prayer. What a topic. What a subject. I know when I got saved, I was 23 years old, and um, one of my first questions was, well, why Why do we pray? How are we supposed to pray? I remember going to my first prayer meeting and not really at the small Baptist church in South Africa and not really understanding what, what I was to do, but yet in my heart, there was a desire, there was a, a want. And this particular phrase that you see up here, you should write it down somewhere, um, maybe on the inside of your Bible or, or in your notes, wherever. This particular phrase is something that we'll come back to over each session this morning. Prayer is the heart's desire for God. We could spend like 15 minutes just thinking about what does that mean? What what is being said in that phrase or in that short sentence? It's not a definition of prayer. It's a description of prayer. Prayer in a way is more than that, but at its foundation, at its heart, to be somewhat descriptive, we might say prayer is the heart, your heart and my heart. Our desire there 's something in us that desires God we want to know him, we want to follow him we most of the time we want to obey him um, we want to do what he wants us to do, and so there 's this desire in us, and what we 're saying this morning is that simply prayer is that desire within you for God, but I would take it a slightly further step and say prayer is the heart's desire for god himself saying exactly the same thing but i'm emphasizing the word himself as in not just god out there somewhere but god himself the true and the living god the king of heaven the sovereign lord the one that man after man through the Old Testament into the New Testament, cried out to God Himself. You think about that. Because sometimes, especially when we're fairly familiar with things and we're from Christian homes, it all kind of falls into the same packet. You know, religion, God. And we miss the fact that we can know God personally, Intimately, every day, all the time, we can learn to walk with Him. One of my favorite verses that has been emphasized to me over and over again, and more so when I came here, is the phrase that Enoch walked with God. Wouldn't you want to walk with God? It's a beautiful picture of fellowship, relationship, intimacy. Enoch walked with God. My wife loves to walk. So often we go walking together and we'll walk around that loop and that loop and we just talk. We're not looking at each other, but we're looking ahead as we're walking and we're just talking and we're fellowshipping and we're enjoying time together. Enoch walked with God himself. Think about that. You can do the same. I don't know how old you are, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Don't tell me if you're 20. Uh, You can walk with God. Isn't that amazing? You can have that kind of intimacy, that kind of fellowship, that kind of communion with the true and the living God. So prayer is the heart's desire for God. Prayer is the heart's desire for God Himself. And we want to keep that before us today. Prayer really could be said as is the language of the heart yearning for God. Think about that. Write that down somewhere. If you don't have any paper, write it on your hand. Prayer is the language of the heart yearning for God himself. There's something in you. If you're born again, if you know the Lord, there's something in you that that yearns for God. And that's what we're talking about. Prayer always means an unceasing desire of your heart, of my heart, for union or communion with the God of heaven. And I say that because I want you to realize that we lift up our hearts to the Lord. Look up! I tell young people all the time, you know, because we're so focused, aren't we? Down and looking and look up! I remember... Five years ago, we were at Niagara Falls and in, in, uh, um, we were on the side of the United States side and we came to this park and we were walking through there to get a closer view of Niagara Falls and came into this park here. and there's all these benches, uh, you know, maybe half the size of this um, auditorium all the way around and, it's all, and it was about lunchtime. So they were, they were all full. I mean, there was nowhere to sit, not that I was wanting to sit, but there was nowhere to sit, but every single one of them there must have been about 25 of them. Young people, you know, young executives, and you know, just any all the people sitting there. Every single one of them had their head down and was looking at the phone. No conversation, no uh, relating. Everyone was down. I said, "Why well, is the picture of mankind today? We're all looking down. Look up, look up." I have to say that to myself too. Look up, prayer. Is the heart's desire for the God of heaven. Look up. Now, to help you, to help me, this helped me a lot. This isn't a perfect exact science, so bear with me. Concentrate on the word broad here. These are three broad categories. You know what the word broad means, right? Like general categories of prayer. And I want to put them out there because this super helped me as I was, as I am learning to pray. Number one, communion. We'll talk about that. That's mainly what we're going to focus on. Number one is communion. And by that, we mean fellowship, being with God. Number two, if you want to, you know, and you can't really separate them, but for the sake of thinking through them, We will. The second is petition. And we'll briefly define that or describe that in a moment. And the third is intercession. So in your mind, you know, I think we can all get three categories before us. Communion, petition, intercession. And you've probably heard of those words. You may not know exactly what they mean. And that doesn't matter because I'm going to explain them briefly in a moment. Communion. But the order is important. Petition. And intercession. So we kind of got that in front of us. What is petition? Petition is simply asking God for your needs. And we all do it, right? Oh Lord, help me today to meet a new friend. Oh Lord, help me today to make sure I don't miss out on lunch. Oh Lord, help me today to uh, be a good witness for you. Um, Oh Lord, uh, help me today. I'm nervous to be at this uh, one day challenge. We ask the Lord always. It's something that just rolls off us. Uh, It can be unselfish. It can be very selfish. But petition isn't something we need to train ourselves to do primarily. We kind of just do it, okay? But I want to distinguish the difference for you this morning. Petition. Asking God basically... For your own needs. Give us today, think about Matthew 6, give us today our what? Daily bread. We ask the Lord to meet our need. And that's not, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's not the starting place that we are looking for as we begin to learn to pray and ask the Lord to teach us to pray. Sometimes our petitions can be very cold. Sometimes our petitions can be very half-hearted. For example, and this actually, I I really want, this This is a good bow and arrow, man. I mean, I I could really, I I thought about taking you outside and showing you, but that'll take too long. But sometimes, you know, many of the men through the ages have, have thought of prayers as arrows going up to God. And, it was described to me, sometimes our petitions are cold, half hearted. They're kind of, I don't know if this will work because I don't want to pull it too high. I'll go, bing! And then Caleb's going to have to, whisk it. he's going to have to get it out and, you know, you know moan at me. And so anyway, I'm going to try to, you know, sometimes, and this may not work either, but sometimes our petitions are like this. Whoops, that didn't work. Hold on. That didn't work. Let me try one more time. I practiced in my office. The first three times it didn't work, and the fourth time I got it. Because the yellow thing at the end kept coming off. I'm just being totally open with you, so. Yeah. Ooh, I went a bit further than I wanted. Um but anyway, that's not getting up very high, right? It's not gonna kind of get up. But sometimes our that wasn't bad, but uh you know, sometimes our prayers are like And, and the, you know, it's all right, but, you know, it's kind of like the illustration of a child. Oh, I lost my yellow thing. Oh, it's still on the boat. See, look at that. See? Bear, yeah, you can't do that, right? But sometimes a petition might be something like this. A father or a mother has a child, and, you know, maybe let's take them three or four, and they're like, oh, Mom, I want some food. Nope. Oh, please, I need some food, mom, mom. And they're just bored. They're just kind of irritated. They don't know what else, And they want, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, please, I'm so hungry, I'm so hungry. And you kind of ignore that. You say, we're going to eat in about an hour, hour and a half. That's when we eat at our house, 5, 5.30. Um, just wait. And then they, yeah, once you play with that, oh, good. And then they forget about what they were asking. Because they're not really hungry. And that's sometimes like our petitions. But a parent knows when there's a real cry, a real need. They see their child outside and they see them fall down and and, and scrape their knees and their hands. and They know that cry. And they'll come out. And they'll help them. And they're concerned. God knows the cry of true petition. Never doubt that. Another way to look at it is sometimes our arrows, if you like, can be very cold because they never break through the atmosphere to heaven. They kind of get up there and then they just fall down. They're half-hearted. Moody says, D.L. Moody says, prayer dribbled forth from careless lips falls at our feet. That good picture prayer dribbled forth spoken forth from careless lips falls at our feet earnest prayer pierces the clouds it reaches heaven god hears your heart's cry now we'll talk more about that in a way as we go another way to consider it is a painted fire and i'm just going to show you this, this is a good Drawing, but I'm just using it for this illustration. A painted fire, see it? Is really no fire at all. There's no heat. You can't say, I'm really cold. Let me get around this picture. I feel a lot better. There's no heat here. It's a picture. It's a painting. It also would say that a dead man is no man. There's no life. Cold prayer is no prayer. And sometimes our petitions can be that way. But petition is asking God for your needs. It's not wrong, but it needs to be done from the heart for the glory of God. we'll come back to some of that in a little while. Intercession. Asking God for the needs of others. And I think we know what that is. Like, I'm not, I'm gonna pray today and I'm gonna ask the Lord to meet, I prayed already for you, that the Lord would meet you and speak to you and draw you to himself. That's interceding on your behalf. I'm praying for you. I have a burden for you. We have a burden for you as, as a school for young people to come to really honor the Lord and live for the Lord and know what Christianity really is. That's intercession. And we're earnest about it. We're, 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 we're praying from our hearts, but it doesn't mean that everything just falls open for us. Sometimes prayers work and it's, it's, it's warfare. It's battle. And those are areas, but we're not going to talk about that really today. A good example of intercession is, uh, at a particular meeting, uh, D.L. Moody, he, he asked people to come forward. Anybody that, that wanted to know the Lord and at, at the end of this meeting and, you know, about five, six, seven people came up, but then he noticed this lady come up. And she came up and she bowed the knee and, and um, he knew this lady and he knew that this lady knew the Lord. And um, he was about to talk to them and pray with them. And he said, uh, ma'am, you understand why you came up, right? This was to come to know the Lord? And she goes, yes, I know. Well, are you sure you're understanding? I mean, why did you come up? And she said this to him. My son is a wayward son. Right now, he's probably 750 miles away. And I'm coming up by faith to stand in his place that he would come to know the Lord. That's intercession. That's heart. And he, Moody looked at her and he said, Wow, I haven't seen a heart like that. And then he began to pray for those that came forward. That's intercession. Standing in the gap, standing, kneeling for the sake of another person. But that's not what we're going to be talking about. What we want to focus on this morning is communion. Now, communion immediately, if you've grown up in a Christian home, is, oh, we're going to take bread and, and the wine. And, and, and That is communion per se, but what we're talking about simply is communion being in God's presence being in God's dwelling place. And one of the big things that helped me in my prayer life was to realize before I even asked God about anything, before I even ask the Lord about any of my needs or pray for somebody else, and that's generally what we do, I need to come into the presence of God. I need to be quiet before Him. I need to be still before Him. And that revolutionized my prayer life. If you start studying some of the Old Testament prayers, you'll see it may be a line, it may be a phrase, there's always some kind of worship, some kind of calling upon the Lord's name, magnifying the Lord. What does communion basically mean? The act of sharing. Think of it between you and the Lord, though. An act of sharing. You share... Your burdens with the Lord, He shares His heart with you. He shares His character with you. Holding something in common, a participation, a fellowship, koinonia, a partnership. I'm not going to go through it all, but just being in His presence. Being in God's presence. is very important to have that concept as you and I come to prayer. What is central to communion is simply what we would term worship. Worship is prayer. Don't separate them. Even when we sang, even when those, uh, students were testifying in song. We're singing it unto the Lord. We're speaking forth praises unto the Lord. That's worship. Worship is prayer. Turn with me to Psalm 89. And we get this concept here um, of going up, going aside, drawing near. Psalm eighty-nine is the wrong psalm. It's supposed to be Psalm eighty-four. That was just to test you, um, and you all passed because uh, none of you were brave enough to say anything. How lovely, Psalm eighty-four. I don't have the whiteboard here, so I can't do it properly, but how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty, O Lord of hosts. How lovely is your dwelling place. a picture of, of coming aside to be in the dwelling place of God. That's prayer. That's the foundation, the root, the center. And then note what the psalmist goes on to simply say to us, my soul yearns, It even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh, they cry out for the living God. Oh, to go into the dwelling place of God. You think of that in prayer? Isn't that a delight? Isn't that a joy? Isn't that a privilege? You might say, I prayed today I came into God's presence even for a minute. And I looked up. And I gazed upon the beauty of the Lord. That's prayer. I didn't say anything. Sometimes we don't need to say anything. Sometimes we shouldn't say anything. But that's prayer. What a delight. What an invitation that we might have. Psalm 100. Just page forward briefly. And again here, this is the right one. This is not a test for you. This is correct. Psalm 100. Look at verse 4, enter his gates. I love this psalm and the invitation, the picture that it puts before us. Enter his gates, how? With thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. See that, enter, come. The invitation to be in God's presence. Come. Enter, come. With thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. That's communion. That's worship. That's just the beginning. And everything flows out of that. And we'll see that as we go. We'll press on here. What is worship? And again, I'm, we're going to rush through some of this, but what is what is worship? It's simply, as you can see there, worth ascribing worth to God. And I'm gonna go through this fairly quickly again, just just to hopefully you can write it down, turn to the last book of the Bible, uh Revelation chapter four, and and you'll note a beautiful picture here of what worship truly is. If you are to come into the presence of the Lord, to to be with him, to be where he is, in with we we see in Revelation chapter four and, and um verse nine. Whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to him who sits upon the throne. Again, note that the throne. We're in his dwelling place and who lives forever and ever. The eternal one. We sang of that. The 24 elders fell down before him. There's a falling down. There's a submission. I'm in the presence of God. And, you know, that should cause us to go on our knees, humble ourselves, go down. Many a man would would lay flat on their faces before God in communion. And for hours they would not ask God anything. They would just be in His presence, worshipping Him, learning to worship Him. Note what it goes on to say. There's this bowing down before the one who sits upon the throne, and they worshipped Him who lives forever and ever. Again, the Eternal One. And what else do they do? They lay their crowns before the throne. They take off these crowns. I'm not going to go into all of that. Again, for a deeper study and look at that, get this book, How to Worship Jesus Christ. It's back there. This book, if you read it with a heart for God, will point you magnificently to God Himself. You cannot read this book with an open heart And not be challenged to be changed. We don't have time to look at all of this. But they take off their crowns. And then they worth ship. Listen to what they say in verse 11. You are worthy our Lord and our God. To receive glory and honor and power. They're giving worth to God for you created all things you are the creator and by your will they were created and they have their being they're lifting up their hearts to the lord they understand their rightful place before the king of heaven this is prayer worship is an aspect of prayer it 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 draws us into his presence cs lewis I, you know i tell this quote to everybody that comes here, and you've probably heard it before, but C.S. Lewis, he had a great mind. And he came to know the Lord later on in his life, and he struggled with the concept of worship, why God would would have us worship him. I'm not going to go into all of that, but eventually he came to this point. And it's interesting, because I kind of went on a similar journey. I'm not putting myself, I mean, C.S. Lewis is up there. I'm not putting my, but I, I went, I'm like, Lord, wow, it seemed hard for me. But he realized he came to this wonderful place. It is in the process of being worshipped. It's when we are down and we are worshipping the Lord that God communicates is then our hearts are open to see who the Lord is. Isn't that wonderful? God communicates his presence. He communicates who he is to man. And this is all part of a wonderful communion With God. Come back again to this statement. Prayer is the heart's desire for God. Yes, we need to ask. But generally, I would say you and I, 99% of our prayer life is asking, isn't it? Maybe 1% is worship. Just being still. And that's why we ask with half-heartedness. That's why we ask selfishly. That's why we ask unknowingly to come into His holy presence to worship, to, to listen, to gaze, Psalm 27, 4 says, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Psalm 44, to be still and know that I am God. Isn't that hard today? I mean, we cannot be still. We don't know what to do when it's quiet. So we take out our phones again. I mean, you see that all the time. I'm like, last night I was at a volleyball game and, and, and you know, you're kind of doing the lines and I, I just, I noticed the other dad in between, you know, we're waiting and he took out his phone. Again, it's not wrong, but it's just what we do. It's just such a habit. We don't know what to do with free time. We, we, we aren't able to just be still and know that I am God that's prayer and even the weakest of us even the most naive of us if you come with a genuine heart god will meet you i think i've been to many different countries and sometimes you see little kids come up to you and your heart goes out to them they're dirty and scruffy and, and they don't look like they've eaten in days and your heart goes out to them you come to God with a heart that's open and he will meet you he will meet you prayer how can we think of prayer we have this water here, and I want to give you an illustration that that's super helpful to me. This is a lake, but think of a massive ocean. Think of the Indian Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean. I, I worked on a ship for a time, and we sailed from India down to from from India across the Indian Ocean to um, Kenya in Africa, and we were at times out at sea for about seven days didn't see anything but now and again as you were working on the ship or whatever your job was you would see a whale (whistles) (whistles) magnificent (whistles) get the picture i don't have a video for you but up they came and i remember i was working i was needle gunning this this uh side of the um, ship and getting the paint off and I, all the dust. And I was like, whew, I got up and I looked up, taking a breath. And right there, maybe where, if you know where I'll, you know, to the road, probably, up came this whale. I'm, like, I'm sure you've seen a dolphin or you've seen a porpoise just kind of coming up. That's kind of the picture of prayer. Those animals, they're not land animals. They're sea animals, but they need to breathe air. And as believers, as Christians, we need prayer. It's the very breath of our Christian life. And we need to go up to God through the day. Yes, we live in the deep and we We can be magnificent, can't we? We can be we can have the best shoes and clothes and fur. We can be awesome, but we have to come up for air. Those animals, if they don't come up, they will die. If you don't pray, if you don't see the need to come up onto the heavens to pray, and down you go, quickly your spiritual life will die. It's a beautiful picture to think of our great need of God. You push a dolphin, and not that you could, or you try to keep a whale down there and it's going to die. It needs to come up. We need to go up to God through the day. And the first thing is communion. The first thing is, Oh Lord, you are worthy. Oh Lord, praise your name. Oh Lord, you are eternal. We sing, you are the uncreated one. Worship the Lord through the day. One of our perfect examples, isn't it? Don't be overwhelmed by this is the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 135, excuse me, in, in Mark 135, we'll note what the Lord did. Just turn with me there. It's one of my I think favorite verses to come back to to see how the Lord lived. Not as a a weight or as a guilt uh expectation on my life, but if you read The passage in context, we'll just note that the day before was extremely busy. And then in verse 35 of Mark 1, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house where he was sleeping, and he went to a solitary or a quiet or a deserted place where he prayed. Beautiful picture. Prayer to the Lord Jesus Christ was a joy. It was communion with His Father. Jesus Christ lived in constant communion with the Father, even when no words were used. You don't always have to speak. Just gaze. I need to gaze along at the beauty of the Lord. So it's in our communion with God that our asking is shaped, formed, and I believe purified. What do I ask God then? I don't know. But spend some time with Him first. That your heart becomes His heart. You're not trying to persuade God. You want to know what is on His heart. How can you, how can I know what is on God's heart? How do I know how to pray unless I spend time with Him? Communion with God. So in this communion, in this time with the Lord, maybe it's give the best time of the day to the Lord. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's in the evening. It doesn't matter. But it's in this time with God that our asking is shaped, formed and purified. Daniel, in his great prayer in chapter nine, toward the end, he would say this. For your sake, O Lord, answer this prayer. What a motivation. For your sake. Can you pray that? Add that onto every prayer you pray. For your sake, O Lord, do this. For your sake. Go look at that prayer in Daniel 9 and you'll see he begins with worship. He does ask, but he begins with worship and he concludes his prayer twice in 17 and 19. Note those verses. For your sake, O Lord, The Lord in teaching uh, on prayer, Matthew said, Your kingdom come, your will be done. How do you know what God's will is? You've got to spend some time alone with Him. Quiet. I mentioned this book. Excellent book. At the end, there's a tremendous testimony. If you don't have money to buy it today, just read the last two and a half pages. Take the book, go outside and read the last two and a half pages. Here, testimony on a man called Tom Walton, a young man who um, came to know the Lord, lived about, uh, or maybe about 18 or so, 17, 18, was in the Second World War. He died during the war right at the end, never made it through, but God took him home. It makes you cry reading his heart for God Himself. I want to read, uh, and this is a follow-up book in a way, it's a testimony of his life, a worshiper of Jesus Christ. And at the end, there's a section on some diary entries they found after he died. His, his, his belongings were brought together and given to someone. The Lord's Day, he writes, August 27th. 27th, 1944, up at 4 a.m., spent two hours fighting in yearning prayer. 29th of August, 1944, up early, finished a lovely time with Jesus before light. A lovely time. He just wanted to be with the Lord. And then spent some beneficial time in the Word. What a glorious preparation for the day. No burden to come. He wanted to come. September 1st, 44. Had a very big battle to get up this morning. Pretty cold. By the moon, I thought it was maybe 2 a.m. Long to go back to bed for a couple of hours. And I'm pretty tired now. So that wasn't the greatest morning. But that's okay. You're going to have mornings like that. September 21st, 44. Up at 5 a.m. Had a very blessed time in prayer. Time was given more than usual to just praising my Redeemer from a loving, grateful heart and pleading for a deeper walk with Jesus Christ. Beautiful examples. January 27th, 1945. If you know your history, you know the war ended in 45. January 27th, 1945. Up at 4 a.m., prayer was a time of rich blessedness. Army work went well that day, 28th of January, 1945, up at 4 a.m. Prayer and study of the word continued until 9 a.m. Wow. A very blessed time right through. I felt fervent prayer covered all of my needs. Spent much time in dwelling upon my Jesus himself, his loveliness and love. And also on the tender and merciful Holy Spirit. I'm going to stop there. They go on a little bit and then he dies in battle. Before the war ends. The Lord took him home. Lastly, I just want to put this before you. Again, thinking in regards to having the concept of firstly getting alone with God. Just be with Him. The invitation, the joy of being in God's presence. We must ask the question though, how is it, we have to end with this, how is it that we can come into God's presence? Why do we have access? And we know the answer, but I want us to think about it for a moment. Why does God allow me even to come to His dwelling place? The King of heaven, the God of heaven. And we see in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 to 22. So turn there. There's other places we could go, absolutely. But this is one of our um, verses that we are putting before the students this year. And I wanted to end our look in the Scriptures at this point. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says to us. Chapter 10 of Hebrews, verses 19, and there's more to it than this. I'm just kind of reading these few verses. Therefore, brothers, he says, since we have boldness or confidence to enter the most holy place, that's where God dwelled. The most holy place, that's where God is. We have a boldness and a surety. We can be sure we can come. Why? Look in your Bible. Somebody tell me, why can we come? Blood of Jesus Christ. That sacrifice. Never forget that. And you and I have no time for Him. We can have confidence and a boldness to come. The writer of Hebrews says, why? Because of the blood of Jesus Christ. By a new and a living way, He says, opened up for us through the curtain. That's a picture of the tabernacle and so on, or the temple. That is His body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, verse 22, let us draw near. Most versions don't have the the words to God in there, but we'll note that that's clearly what is being said. Let us draw near to God Himself. How? With a sincere or a a sincere heart and uh, a true heart in full assurance of faith. He has gone before us. He has made the way open. And this is important for us to think about and to consider. Because it wells up with us at thankfulness. You can come back again. Remember he said, had a great morning this morning just praising my Redeemer. This is your Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Thank you for what you've done for me. Thank You. You have saved me, forgiven my sins, and now I can know You. I can learn to walk with You. And I can be part of what You're doing on this earth. I can be taught to pray, Your will be done. For Your sake, O Lord, we can begin to pray. I'm going to close with an illustration of a young man, or a father actually. Uh, He, His son went off to war I think it was the First World War. Um, this is in England, and uh, he didn't hear from his son. And his great burden was for his son to come home safely. Many, many million died in that First World. It was a terrible war, fought on in trenches, gaining ah, five yards, moving back seven, gaining. Oh, what a terrible war! He didn't hear from his son for three years. Never knew if his son was alive. And then one day there was a knock at the door. He came and longed that this would be news of his son. He opened the door and in front of him was this scruffy, dirty, unkept man. And he smelled really bad. And immediately the father recoiled back a bit. He said, yes, can I help you? And the man leaned forward and he said, please, can you help me? I need to go further north to Yorkshire, to my home. This was in London. And the man said, I don't think I can help you. Go to the Salvation Army. Go to this particular group that was helping soldiers get home I cannot help you and he was about to close the door and that man said please wait and he pulled out of his pocket a waxed closed piece of paper he said wait this is for you and the father looked at it and he opened it up as that man stood there And he said, Father, please help my friend Albert. He's been wounded in the war. He needs to get home to Yorkshire. Please, he's been such a good friend, colleague, sacrificing for me on the front line. Please help him. Your son, George. And the father began to weep. And he said, Albert, come in here. And he hugged him. And he said, oh, how is my son? How is my son? It's the same principle in prayer. We draw near because of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When we pray, it's no small thing to say. And in Jesus' name, we pray. It's the same principle. The heart of the Father was changed because this man came in the name of His Son. There's great power in prayer. There's great communion in prayer. You may not think you're worthy to come or you may have had a terrible time and you think it's hopeless. But if you go in Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake, no matter how bad you are, no matter how smelly, God will open His arms to you for the sake of His Son. Why don't you think about that? The great invitation to pray, to just be with God. Let's pray. Father, we come and we thank You this morning for Your Word. Lord, we we covered a lot, yet we thank You. That put before us again is simply the great privilege and joy of being in Your presence. For prayer is the heart's desire for God. Oh Lord, teach us your way, we pray. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.